0: Sean Adair is one-of-a-kind. There's only one person quite like him. The adventurous attitude. He brings something new to the table. I stumbled across him through the Instagram feeds of Jen Kish and Dean Somerset and Megan Calloway, and it all just kind of pointed to the fact that I should probably get him on the podcast. He's a great dude with uh, a story, a background that is a little bit different than your average trainer but uh, he sets himself apart by walking his talk. He's always active. He had to build up his clientele before he opened up his gym. He didn't do it because everybody else was doing it. He did it because he was bringing clients into his apartment building and his neighbors didn't like it. And that's a story I can get behind. So, I hope you enjoy this episode. There's some spots with some glitchy audio, but for the most part, we got it all in. I hope you enjoy. I hope you share it. Thanks for supporting. Let's do this. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, Season 2. This podcast features high performers who have found a way to live their best life while balancing their health, wellness, friends, and family. I'm your host, Chris Little. Let's get started. The Lifestyle Chase is brought to you by Yeg Fitness. Yeg Fitness is Edmonton, Alberta, Canada's healthy lifestyle community, creating and supporting active living for all. Check them out online at yegfitness.ca and on social media at yegfitness. Welcome to The Lifestyle Chase, episode 95. I am joined from his car by the one and only Sean Adair. (laughs) How are you doing?
1: (laughs) Good. Thanks for having me. Thanks for having me. I had a busy day today, so just uh, hanging outside. The gym's really busy. I was planning to do it in the gym today, yeah. uh, but it's a little busy right now.
0: It's really noisy, so I just came down to my car, and the Wi-Fi is a little sketchy here, but we're making it work. Absolutely. So, what's a day in the life for you? Like, when does it start? How many client sessions do you go through? What's What's it like?
1: Uh so it does fluctuate a little bit. I'd say the average day, I wake up uh, around three fifty. I leave my place around four fifteen, and I start. I started training about five o'clock for the most part. Uh, the average client starts around five, but I, I do finish around two o'clock for the most days, except for today. I'm there from five till about seven 30 tonight. So it's going to be a long day today, but most
0: days I'm done around one or two. Just crushing it. So like, how do you balance it all out? <laughs> like what is balance for you? Um, balance
1: for me, just as long as I get some meals in and I get my own training and I sort of like, I have the day where it's sort of structured like that. I'm, I'm good. Um I like to get about 6 to 7 clients per day and as long as I get like I said my own my own meals my own training take care of yourself first I think a lot of trainers out there really focus on just cramming their schedules they don't take care of themselves first and that's a big big factor when you're trying to help other people you got to take care of yourself.
0: Absolutely. Um what's what's your staple meal? Like what what's your favorite shake? Um I think so every morning I
1: have like this shake I make every single morning. Um I have like a magic bullet, you know one of those things really small. I uh, grind up an avocado, banana, I have some vegan protein, Um, I put in some uh, collagen powder and some maca, and also I throw in um, a little bit, (laughs) sometimes I throw in some Oreos (laughs) to sort of spice it up and get some more calories in there. I have a crazy high metabolism, like it's insane. Um, My girlfriend hates me pretty much.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, you're pretty active, like you're always moving around, like from just following you on Instagram, you're always just trying out new movements, stuff like that. So like your your non-exercise yep. activity is going to be pretty high.
1: Um Exactly. Yeah.
0: What 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 was your intro into the fitness industry? Like I read up a little bit about you, but like what yeah. was your first workout like? Like what led you up to that point and what did you feel as you were doing it?
1: So, you mean like how I got started in the fitness industry? Like how I became a trainer?
0: Essentially. And just like even just your first time as like somebody's client, like your first experience in fitness, like really just learning movements and stuff like that. Yeah.
1: Okay. So I sort of got pushed into fitness because of my own injuries. Um, I've had really bad shoulders for pretty much my whole life. I had multiple shoulder dislocations. So anterior dislocations, my shoulder would pop out mostly from skateboarding and inline skating. I was grinding on rails and I was extremely unhealthy. Uh, My body was sort of falling apart. And a doctor actually told me, he said that I need surgery to, to fix my shoulders. I have two torn labrums still currently on both shoulders. Um, he said, you know, get in the gym because I didn't have enough money to take time off work. You know, obviously the health care is free here, but it was the time off work I didn't I couldn't really afford. So I started going to the gym. I actually got a, a kinesiologist that was also a personal trainer. Um, he was doing some active rehab on me and it was covered through um, uh, WCV because I actually dislocated my shoulder at work. So I thought to, you know, get a trainer and I thought, you know, help some do some rehab help get my shoulders better so that's my first time ever in the gym I was sort of pushed into it it's not like I sort of went in just to work out I was sort of like forced to do that because my body was sort of falling apart and then I got really into it um I just started like really seeing my body change and my shoulders started feeling better um it it got to a point so bad that I would just go in the morning you know when you do like a basic stretch in the morning you you know get your arms up stretch uh it actually popped out doing that and I had to you know take the day off work it was it was crazy so he helped me a lot. Uh, the kinesologist just really helped me just perfect my and just get hooked on the gym. And then the more I did it, like I said, the more I just really enjoyed it. and I just kept kept doing it for uh, about three or four months. I had some ups and downs. and then I, I started going again, um you know back and forth, and then I got some friends doing it. and eventually I sort of away from the sort of party lifestyle friends and moved into you know I met people at the gym, we connected, we talked, and I sort of can completely change my life. It was insane. It was like, Going from partying every weekend, you know, every single paycheck I had was going towards doing, um, like drugs, like not hard drugs, but doing drugs, smoking weed, drinking, it was a completely different lifestyle switch. And it was all started from that, uh, personal trainer that sort of helped me rehab my shoulders. And I kept seeing more people, um, to help rehab the, to, help, to sort of help the process. Um, seeing a ton of different trainers, ton of different physiotherapists, and I sort of really enjoyed the information I was getting. And I could see, Uh, the mental and physical change, and it just sort of motivated me to keep moving forward with it. I sort of felt that um, I could actually make a living from it, from the people I was talking to. They really sort of motivated me to move forward. So that's sort of how I got started as as, uh, sort of in the gym. And then for a personal training, like I said, I just really like, I saw the change in my own body. And then I really wanted to help other people because I'm really passionate about helping other people, especially in the inline skating and skateboarding. I love teaching people tricks and, you know, like pushing them to do do things they uh, don't really think are possible. You know, if you have like a mental, um, sort of boundary or you're going to jump a set of stairs or grind down a rail. I really help, like to help them sort of motivate themselves and build confidence to do that. So I took that same aspect and sort of brought it to the gym and I, I loved it. Like it's just such a good feeling to, to get that energy from someone. And the more I help people, the more I just like really got into it and sort of transitioned from doing construction um, and uh, landscaping all the way to like full-time personal training. So it's been going about 10 years so far, nine and
0: a half, almost 10 years pretty much. That's incredible. What inspired you to uh, open up your own gym? I was getting really busy, as
1: so actually my first gym. Um, I went to do you know Steve Nash, by any chance?
0: Uh, yeah, I know Steve Nash.
1: Yeah, I didn't you know. Do you know like the gym? Yeah, yeah, Vancouver, the gym, Cooley. the, I mean, the hey, franchise.
0: Yeah,
1: I started. I went there for like a, a, a interview, right? And uh, it was all sales. It was crazy how like they didn't care about me, the quality as a trainer. They just asked me like. This is how you sell. This is how you sell clients. This is how you sell memberships, and it was just like it completely put me off for a bit. So then I opened up a gym in my apartment. I actually changed my whole living room. I have pictures I can show you later. It's pretty funny. My whole apartment changed into a gym. My girlfriend freaked out. It's uh, it wasn't that big of a place. It was I think it was about four or five hundred square feet, and we didn't even have a living room anymore. I put down black mats um on my uh on my living room. I put down a squat rack. Um, we were on the second floor, so. It didn't really go that that good for our neighbors, but uh, it really helped me just build up. I would do construction all day from seven till about three or four, get off work, go home, train people till about seven or eight, and it got it got so busy that uh, I had to just like venture out somewhere else. Um, so I started working part time at a fitness store. and um, It's called Fitness Town. I started training people in the back as well uh, at, at that place as well as my apartment, and then slowly just cut down my hours from construction and started to translate that into uh, personal training. And it got so busy that I just I, I thought to open up a, a facility. So I just uh, talked to a few friends. Uh, there was actually four of us at the start. There was a group of four of us that wanted to open up a gym. And then I started looking just on Craigslist. I just Googled Craigslist, warehouses. And this place popped up. I'm actually sitting outside of it right now. I don't know if you can see there. But can you see anything? Yeah, yeah, I can see it. Sort of, not not really, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, so there's a gym right here. So we're on the second floor here. Um. And I found this place, and I wanted to jump on it, but the other people that were with me they backed out. So I was completely by myself at this point. I, I had this place. I told them, I said, "Look, like we got to take some action, right? Otherwise, it's all talk. You know, we're, we're all a group of guys. We're saying we're gonna open up a gym, and it's all talk until you actually take action and do it, right? And that's the scariest about any um, any sort of business that you're trying to do is is the startup is actually just like taking action and like making that those things like real, like making them like come to life. Uh, so I was by myself at this point. They backed out completely. So I was calling around to my friends and I just straight up, I said, hey, you want to open up a gym together? And eventually my friend Carlo that I went to um, uh, to PT school with, he's like, sure. Like he's pretty laid back. He just straight up just like, sure, let's do it. Let's open a gym. So then like the rest is history. We just connected. We had a meeting. Um, He came in with me as a business partner. And then we just opened up the bar uh, five and a half years ago, roughly. So it's been going really good. We're still trying to get a different location because we are on the second floor. And we do have issues with a guy downstairs. Uh, so we're trying to get a second
0: location right now or a bigger location.
1: Um, but yeah, it's been going five years so far. So, so that's
0: get... like the best gym opening story I've ever heard. Like usually people aren't prepared for that stuff. They're just, they're going out on a limb and all yeah. kinds of stuff.
1: Yeah, it's, it was it was scary, I'll tell you. It's the most terrifying thing is, is getting like an empty building and filling in equipment and spending a ton of money and just hoping that in a few months it'll be full. Because I had zero clients coming here. This was this is about uh, uh, forty-five minutes from my house, roughly. So it's a it's quite a bit of a drive. And my current clients, I only had maybe one of them that would travel. Um, but I had to stop everything I was doing. I stopped my part-time work. I stopped everything and just put a hundred percent focus into the gym. But uh, it turned out really good. You know, after a few months, it started filling up. We had a ton of events here, and it's been going really good so far. So we want to expand a little
0: bit bigger. Absolutely. Who are three fitness professionals that you look up to? So three fitness professionals. I would say
1: Eric Creasy is one of them. He's awesome. He puts out really good information, uh, really detailed. He's got a lot of experience, practical and clinical as well. Um, another person would be just off the top of my head. Um, there's there's a lot. Um, Eric Helms also really good. Um, Breck Contreras is really good. There's a lot of people. Um, Brad that There's way more than three. Uh, Stuart McGill is awesome. There's a ton of professionals out there. It's hard to pick just three of the top. Um, I would say Stuart McGill because he's been in the game a long time. That guy's that guy's been in the, like in the sort of rehab professional as far as back pain goes for years. So he's he's one of the sort of founders of all that. Of the top. him, Breck Contreras,
0: and Eric. I'd say those are my three. What what are you most proud of in your fitness trainer journey so far? Um honestly, I think the biggest
1: thing I'm proud of is getting out of that um poor lifestyle I was in and just like the huge mental shift and the huge change of uh friends and the style I was, you know, the style of people I was hanging out with. I think the biggest thing is just the, just the, the whole lifestyle honestly. It's a lifestyle switch from that like party lifestyle, the drinking, the doing drugs and, you know, all that type of stuff into like completely changing all for my health and not doing any of that stuff anymore. I think that's like the, that's probably my biggest accomplishment. And that's the thing I'm just sort of most proud of, of, uh, and sort of, sort of lucky, I guess that the
0: fitness sort of jumped into my life that the doctor pushed me into that. Yeah. That's that's probably my biggest sort of accomplishment. Right. My next question for you is, um, like you stand apart from a lot of trainers in the industry because of like your work with calisthenics and stuff like that. What, what inspires you to do the training style that you do the biggest thing is enjoyment honestly
1: like i think that's with anyone like you got to find something you enjoy um if you could adhere to it if you can sustain it then you'll be really good at it you're you'll get you'll sort of make improvements all around um i just i started off with obviously the traditional bodybuilding i wanted to you know build up my chest and biceps and all that stuff just like everyone does when they first go to the gym but i just thought like this is boring there's got to be something more it got boring to go to the gym and just do curls and chest all the time and I didn't even train legs when I started I don't even think about legs right I just I just went in there you know chest and tries back and buys, all that all that classic stuff um and then like yeah I I just saw I saw a video actually called from Bar Stars if you know who they are they're just uh, a YouTube group do you have you heard of them yep yep yeah so I watched a video of Bar Stars and I was like these guys are crazy these guys are like they've got good physiques, they got the aesthetics, and they have like a very athletic movement to them. It's sort of like broken down gymnastics, and they turn it into like a workout. And I just started I started venturing into that, you know, I started just exploring that. And uh, I found like, it's so fun. It sort of brings me back to that same feeling I had when I was doing like skateboarding and rollerblading, where it's just sort of like tricks and like skill work rather than just exercises. And that enjoyment just like made me, I guess, just keep pursuing it and keep working hard at it. Because that's the biggest thing. I just I love it. Like it's, it's, the best part of my day is like in the gym, with just like focusing on my own self, training, working on skill work, working on strength work as well with like powerlifting and just combining them both together. I feel they both relate a lot. Some of the easiest people I, I had to train are people with dancing uh, backgrounds or gymnastics backgrounds because their body control is so good. They're able to be in the best position possible to produce the most amount of force and be in a safe position. So I find that really translates over a lot uh, to powerlifting as well. So both the calisthenics together.
0: That's so true. And it's just like their mind muscle connection is just on point. So it's easy to deliver a cue and for there to be a light bulb moment. Exactly. Exactly. So I saw in your feed, you were, you were doing some work with Megan Calloway and I've, I've watched her seminars in the past. How did you two cross paths?
1: So we've been following each other for a long time. This is like, we always chat back and forth and everything. And uh, she's amazing. She's honestly like like i get blown away at the stuff that she learns cuz i just show her one thing and i just give her one cue and she just does it like i've never had anyone else ever be able to learn something as fast as she learns it's insane people take months to learn a skill that she does in a few minutes like her strength level is above anyone male or female um that i've ever like been in contact with close you know like obviously the people on instagram and stuff but in in face to face in person she's the strongest person i've ever met and i say like male female anyone it's crazy. Um, we so we just connected through social media, right through Instagram. Um, we chatted, and she was wanted to learn a muscle up. She's you know she's the pull up queen, right? She yeah. has a whole, whole program that's I think two hundred and fifty pages of pull ups. So then I asked her, I was like, you need to do a muscle up. Like you are the one that needs to do it. So we went back and forth for about like I don't know four or five months, and finally she's like, okay, screw it, let's do it. Let's just set up a date and go for it. And uh, we just connected and it went really well. That We did the the first session. We taught her some technique and stuff. And then by the second session, she had a muscle up. And, you know, I'm thinking that she'll get it in a few weeks or a month or two. And uh, she got it in the second session. It's just because she had the strength level, but she wasn't able to display her strength because she didn't have the technique. So when she had the technique, she just blew up. And now she's doing things that, like, I have no other person that can do the stuff she does. It's amazing.
0: That's awesome. Um, With your continuing education, have you ever traveled Mm. to learn things? And if so, what was your favorite place to have learned a new skill or learned a new uh, just method of training?
1: I would say that the I would say like for as far as traveling to learn um, FST was probably the biggest impact. It made the biggest impact on my own coaching. Um, I traveled to Arizona for that actually made a little uh, vacation out of it. I went to the Grand Canyon and spent some time there. Um, that course was amazing. That uh, Bringing that sort of uh, type of therapy into my training and be able to address uh, rehab issues and help people perform better, be in better positions, uh, restore mobility, that brought the biggest result to my training. To be able to mix that in, that combined with FRC, which is a more active approach. The passive plus active, I find gets the best result for overall, for pretty much like generally speaking, like everyone, you know? Um, it's, it's the combination of both. You see a lot of therapies or a lot of uh, specialties or a lot of passive work, be like massage. RMT, Cairo, the, the patient or their client just lays there while they get work done by the practitioner. But when FST, there is a, a portion of it where the client works with the practitioner together. Uh, they can track, relax, they do some PNF as well. And then that combined with FRC, I found gets the best results. So I would say uh, I would say FST is the best one for traveling. And then FRC is second, but I, I, I took it here. So it doesn't really count as far as traveling. But FST, yeah, in Arizona, I highly recommend it. I took level one and two with Ann and Chris. Uh, that course has changed the game for sure. Be able to have that that sort of second approach to training rather than just doing the stuff in the gym. You can go on the table and do some passive work along with active to
0: get them moving better. What was the crossroads in your career where you were like, I'm going to do FST? Like, What was the light bulb moment? Um, I saw a
1: girl or a lady, I guess, on Instagram, uh, Sarah the Stretch Therapist. I don't know if you heard of her, but uh, she has some amazing videos. Um, she's from Toronto, actually. And I talked to her and I actually talked to Vinny rehab as well. And, um, I talked to, uh, who else there's, I forget the name. I talked to one other practitioner. This is like a few years ago. Um, I was going to eventually go to school for RMT and I was thinking to go in, in that sort of route. Um, but then the more people I talked to, the more they said, you know, the information is very outdated. If you want to go into, uh, RMT, do it just for the ability to charge clients through their benefits, you know, to get that, that plan. Um, otherwise you go learn a lot from continuing education courses. So, I decided to go the route for um, FST because it's a lot shorter, a lot cheaper, and I see that the results are a lot, I wouldn't say better, but different from other methods.
0: Um, so I just took that route just because I was inspired by other people and just from the people I talked to. What made you think that you wanted to do RMT? Like your your training sessions must have been fairly busy. Did you have time in your schedule mm-hmm. that you wanted to fill with RMT clients?
1: I just wanted to have the ability to help help people in in other areas, like to take some sort of rehab um, sort of training I do and take it to another level. I wanted to just sort of gain some more knowledge and overall just keep learning. Um, But the more I looked into it, the more I didn't really want to sit there and massage people. I wanted to use that as a way to sort of rehab someone in a sort of sports specific way. Um, But then the more I looked into it, the more I thought, like, you do have to do those like gentle massage and Swedish and all that type of stuff. get the cert and to go through all the courses so i want to do the stuff i do now but just more more of an approach to help someone uh from the rehab side of things to sort of cover both aspects i think the biggest thing missing in the training industry is to they're so so separate you know the stuff in the gym and the stuff say in the in the clinic are completely different but they need to be more combined together to overall help the person because a really good example long story short i had a client who hurt his back deadlifting, right and what do you do when you hurt your back deadlift? You go to a physiotherapist or you go to an RMT or a, or a chiro, right? Something like that. Um, and he was dealing with back pain for two years. And he's never once been assessed. His deadlift never once been looked at by these professionals. They just saw the symptom, the symptom's back pain. So they addressed the symptom. The symptom got better. But they didn't address the cause, which is his poor movements in the gym. So these two things, as far as the rehab approach goes, for people to get injured in the gym, I think they be need to be more combined together. And it's also just to strengthen people. Say it's not a rehab uh, issues; that's in the gym. Just build strength from an active approach. I think, so I think that's the, the biggest thing. Just to combine them both together.
0: Yeah, I really like that approach. And I've like even from like the physiotherapist standpoint, like I have seen more mm-hmm. physiotherapists in on the gym floor with all of these like yeah. workshare spaces. Like I work in Evolve, and I don't know if you've heard of Evolve, but uh, generally Evolve. there's like it's based out of Alberta. And we have locations in Edmonton and Calgary. And so you share space with like physiotherapists, massage therapists, athletic therapists, personal trainers, all kinds of people. And so you'll see all kinds of different uh, backgrounds and practitioners in that same space. And you get to see a lot more like uh, active sort of like um, working out with the uh, physiotherapist, which is great to see from a personal trainer standpoint. That's awesome. That's perfect. That's how it should be. That's really good to hear. That's awesome. So you had a totally different lifestyle before you got into training. Um, what was your high school experience? Like, were you a jock? Were you a nerd? Like, what did you think you were going to do when you grew up?
1: (laughs) High school was honestly horrible. Like I barely made it out of high school. I barely graduated. I barely showed up. Um, we were in the group of kids that just went to the forest and smoke weed. Like we were, uh, high school was a really rough time. I'd say it was a very depressing time, really rough. Um, I moved out when I was 17. So I was pretty much in my last, in my last year of high school as living on my own. It was a really rough time to, I don't want to go too much in detail, but it was just a rough time. Um, and then when I got out of high school and, uh, it was still pretty bad till about 21, 22 around there. And then things improved. But yeah, I wasn't a jock. And I was pretty much like one of those kids who smoke weed, skip gym class. I didn't go to gym class when I went to high school. The one thing I do remember and it stuck in my head to this day. When I did go to gym class once, I went to the, the weight room. We had a weight room there. And I picked up a 20-pound dumbbell, and I couldn't even curl it straight up. I couldn't – a 20-pound dumbbell, and I'm like, what the – like, I see these other guys doing it, and I was so weak and fragile. Like, I weighed 150 pounds and 6'1", and I still remember this day, I still remember looking in the mirror and trying to curl that 20-pound dumbbell, and I couldn't even get a full rep. I had to, like, you know, jerk my body around to get it up. And that, that image has stuck with me. I don't know why, but that image has stuck with me for a long time that I couldn't even curl that. And I sort of got discouraged, I think, and just left the gym completely from there. And we just always skipped gym class. I failed gym class in high school. So I just, I just made it just to make it by, you know what I mean? In high school. Um, And yeah, that's about it. Yeah. It's crazy. How things have changed.
0: Absolutely. But that's, that's the story of so many trainers in the industry. Like Mm -hmm. it's just a full circle um, yeah. Do you find that uh, you have a certain style of client that gravitates towards you because of your story of adversity or at least your background?
1: Yeah, definitely. So at the start of my career, I was getting lots of people that, you know, they just want abs. They just want to lose fat. And I started I started getting more performance based clients um, about five years ago, I'd say I'd say halfway through my career. It started to switch. It started to switch where I'm training a lot of personal trainers, actually. A lot of a lot of uh, therapists, personal trainers, physiotherapists. The clientele raised quite a bit. And I don't really get those people that just want abs anymore. I never actually get contacted by them. Um, I get people that they want to learn a muscle-up or they want to improve their deadlift. Or it's more skill-specific and more performance-based. And those are the type of people I find are a lot more serious into it. Because I would used to train people that want to get ready for Mexico, right? They're like, I got a Mexico trip in, in two months. So I need to get ready. And then they do their trip and I never see them again. So I stopped getting those separate clients. So it definitely shifted uh, about uh, five years ago. And I can't really say why, I guess social media. I, I don't know,
0: actually, I'm not sure, but uh, I just stopped getting them. Well, I mean, it's just, it's like how you show up to the world, like you yeah. have a very specific niche brand in which other people cannot like uh, offer that same thing. And so because of that, uh, that difference in, in what you offer, you're going to get a mm-hmm. very specific brand of client.
1: Yeah, exactly, exactly.
0: Um, so, with all the things that you do, like what's what's the coolest thing that you, the top three coolest things you've ever done in the gym? Because I've seen it in social media, but some of the le- the the, <laughs> the listeners might not have seen it.
1: Um, the coolest thing, uh, I would say. It's hard to say. I I never really thought of that. I would say, well, I guess my biggest accomplishment in the gym would be like deadlifting six plates. That was, that was like a big milestone for me. I tried 600. I didn't get it. Um, but six plates was, it came up at Barbell Brigade. Uh, that was a big accomplishment. Um, just getting like a really slow muscle up, I guess like a really slow one. And, um, I guess 11 foot box to box broad jump. So jumping from one box to another, they're 11 feet apart. Those would probably be my biggest three uh, like accomplishments. I guess something I'm really proud of to to get. I'm still aiming for a lot more goals. The goals never end. That's the one thing I love about having so many different modalities of training. Is I have so many goals in each area. It's not like say I just do powerlifting where I'm just doing three movements. I have ton of goals. Like I can be doing this for the rest of my life, and it's I'm never gonna be happy with it. I'm just gonna keep going forward.
0: Have you ever had a point in your career where you felt you're gonna just leave the the training industry? You're just tired of it, and you're like, screw this. Let's let's get out of here.
1: Yeah. When I, uh, when I applied for Steve Nash, actually, yeah. When I applied for the job there, I actually felt I was like, is this what training is? I just got to sell and I got to just sell myself and just be a salesman. I, I thought that's what it was. And a lot of people get turned off by that. And that's really not what it is. If you have the quality there, the people will come to you. You shouldn't have to really sell yourself much. Um, the people will come to you if you provide value. That's the big thing. If you have value, the people will come to you. You get the right clients otherwise you just have to just sell stuff you don't have so there was a point where i thought i thought that's what it is i thought that the personal training
0: is just sales um and it's not it's really not it well it
1: doesn't have to be i guess it doesn't have to yeah
0: be. we're on the same page there there's nothing that i dislike more than just like being pushy and like cornering people into like a contract like exactly if, if you're doing quality work people will hear about it you'll get referrals you're going to be leading by example and people want to be a part of that and like exactly yeah like what what is the most rewarding referral you've ever had like you must have a client in your roster that has just like told their whole family about you
1: my my client char um she she tells everyone she tells all her clients she tells all her family she shows she actually told me at christmas dinner she brought up my instagram and showed her family and they were trying a lot a lot of my challenges this is like christmas dinner it's like that's crazy so she's she's awesome i say she's like yeah she just promotes me so well like she's it's, it's it's like having like a like a employee or something that's like just promotes me to everyone she's awesome she's really good and just yeah just uh megan callaway obviously she's awesome as well too she promotes me a lot totally. so she's really good i actually have something planned with with uh katie crew you know who she is yep so I have something to plan with her as well. We're going to do a session. She actually asked me for coaching out of anyone. She has the, the ability to ask anyone in the world. Um, she asked me for coaching. So we're going to meet up with her in Toronto probably this year as well too. So that's going to be awesome. How did you cross paths with her? Just social media? Yeah, just with social media. Just talking through social media and connecting from there. Just a DM message. And uh, she asked me if I do online coaching. I said only if I see her in person first. So we're going to schedule some sort of assessment in person uh, in
0: Toronto or in Vancouver sometime this year. So that's going to be awesome. That'll be really good. That's incredible. Um, with your one-on-one training, have you ever had a moment with a client where you just like got emotional just because something was so inspiring to you, or a client did something you were really proud of? I would say honestly, the most
1: emotional I I've been with a client was actually recently. I don't want to say her name because it's a very personal issue, but I was assessing breathing through my client. Um, but I'm not gonna say her name. Let's just let's just yeah keep the names out. But I was assessing a client uh, with her breathing. And um, she wasn't really able to breathe through her diaphragm, and I was just very confused. And I've coached a lot of different people on this, and you know, it, it should have been the same with her. It just it takes some people a little bit longer than normal. Some people have a shallow breath when they breathe, um, and she wasn't really able to do it. And She was getting sharp pain every single time she does. So every time she was able to breathe in her diaphragm, she was getting sharp pain. I was like, this, you know, my intuition's like something's going on here. I would palpate, you know, between her rib cage and her pelvis, and just like, get her to, you know, breathe into my fingers and stuff like that. And I was feeling there was something there. I was feeling like just something wasn't right. So I had her uh, get a scan, and she's, she's actually a radiologist, so she actually was able to scan herself for, with her employees and the people at work, and she found out that she had three large tumors uh, pushing up against her diaphragm in her stomach. So I pretty much I told her to get a scan without assessing her breathing. She would have never known this. The doctor gave her roughly five years to live. Um, it would have been a lot less if she wouldn't have found this out. So without us really focusing on the breathing and her coming to see me, she would have never known this. And she thanked me so much. She said without me like persisting her and without us really, really going on this breathing because I was really persistent with it. I was really trying to get her. We were doing squats and deadlifts. So it's really important to brace properly. So I was really pushing the breathing on her and she didn't think it was that big a deal. And then when she got, you know, the scan, she found the tumors and she just thanked me so much because she would have never found that. That was honestly like the, like that. I, I cried. Like it was, it was insane. It was just like, that's the most emotional I've been with a client. Um, and obviously not, that's not a positive thing, but I guess it is in a way. Uh, because she would have never known that if we didn't uh really dive in on that, on that diaphragmatic breathing. Cause she had no pain at all until she started breathing to her diaphragm. Her body actually restricted that. She was excessively breathing into her chest because every time she would breathe down low, she would get pain. So her body found a way to compensate and go around that to not have pain. And then that, that's when she didn't really feel anything until we started to wake that up again. So that was that was a big uh, turning point for me. That was that was huge. That was like a sort of wake-up call that if anything, you know, rely on your gut. Just get, get a, get a referral, refer out. Sometimes we need to refer if we can't, you know, deal with that. I'm not a doctor right, at the end of the day. So, um, I just had a feeling and yeah, that, that's, that's that story. It's pretty, pretty intense.
0: Yeah. It's just kind of the due diligence. Like if, if you have a gut yeah. feeling, like there are so many other professionals out there that can help us help people live as good exactly. of a life that they can.
1: Yeah, exactly. So all with- of the same end
0: result is to help people with uh, all the flips that you do like i was watching one of your flips and it looked <laughs> like you almost broke your tailbone i was like holy shit like
1: <laughs> <laughs> oh you mean today yeah that was like an hour that was like an hour ago i think yeah <laughs> yeah
0: um have you ever had a moment when you're just kind of walking around somewhere chilling and you just pull out a flip like that or just some kind of crazy move and catch somebody off guard
1: yeah. I, I've actually, that's the first time I've done flips other than the trampoline park two or three weeks ago. I'm actually really venturing into that sort of tricking aspect right now. Uh, but yeah, there's been times where I'm just walking down the street and like, hmm, maybe I can jump from there to there. Like maybe I can muscle up on that. It's, it's, it's good to sort of treat the world like a playground. Like it's the way I looked at it when I was skating is I, you know, go down go down the road was like, Oh, maybe I can grind that rail or maybe I can jump those stairs. And it's really good to just see the world as a playground and not keep the training in the gym. Just keep it fun. Like, like at the end of the day, that's enjoyable. You don't have to, you know, spend all the time in the gym, train everywhere, anytime,
0: you know? Well, that's a good attitude. You don't have to wait. Yeah. Hmm. What What's the best reaction you've ever had by doing all that stuff?
1: Well, there's this one. I don't, I don't know if it's the best, but it's the most surprising. I, there, I was at the Grand Canyon and I jumped from this ledge to ledge and I would have died if I fell, but I was 100% confident. Um, the The gap was only about seven feet and I can jump 10 easy, like just block to block. So I was 100% confident with this this asian lady started yelling at me and she's like oh my i have a video of it too she was like oh my god started yelling at me and she was freaking out and she was like almost crying and yeah she was terrified she was terrified it was it was fine that was the best reaction just at the grand Canyon, me, me my friend uh axel we were balancing on the edge we we're doing handstands we we're doing all this stuff and it's literally like straight down this this is like eight thousand feet we're talking like straight down and we we're just doing stuff on the edge and i think like once you have a skill perfected and you have confidence in that skill People look at it as super dangerous, but like I know how to bail out of it safely. You know, to a certain degree, you obviously can't control everything. But my confidence during those moves we're doing is really high, so I know I'm not going to fall. It's uh, it's one of those things. But the reactions that people gave us uh, there's a tour group as well, and we we're doing some hand balancing, and they were just freaking out. There's like, what are these guys doing?
0: So well, that's why I mean- the
1: biggest reaction was in Arizona.
0: That sets you apart for sure because I'm a big chick and I wouldn't do shit like that. Like, I'd be like, nope, nope, <laughs> just let him do it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's the thing. It's just,
1: yeah, it's, you're scared the first time when we walk to the edge. I guarantee that I was terrified. My heart was beating. But after doing it three or four times, you just get comfortable. It's just building up that, that tolerance and that confidence, and you just able to do it. Once you know that mental block is cleared, the anxiety and the worry start to lower, and you just build more confidence and you just do it. It just takes time. It's the same thing for when I was uh, skateboarding, you know, you sort of work your way up instead of doing a big gap, you jump down halfway first and you sort of trick your mind and believing you could do it. And once you believe you can do it, you're hundred percent, um, confident. It just happens.
0: What's your biggest piece of motivation that you have for your clients? The biggest
1: piece of motivation I'd say to clear away self-doubt, self doubts the biggest factor to hold people back from doing things they never thought they could do. It just, their their first limitation is themselves, is to sort of just say like, oh, I can't do that, or I'm not strong enough, or I'm not ready to compete in powerlifting, I'm not ready to do this. And the self-doubt is probably the biggest thing. So to clear that, to get that out of your head, and to sort of believe in your own self is the biggest sort of piece for everyone, I'd say, is
0: to really believe what you can do and don't let any
1: self-limitation hold you back from trying new things. So how
0: do you break that down for people? Because like, and i i say that not meaning that there is a clear easy answer but like sometimes we have to like dig a little deeper dig a little deeper and find people's confidence within them
1: yeah exactly for each client it is different um it is different for each person they respond to different things some people they need some visual feedback they need to sort of see the exercise or the move they're doing some people need to break it down step by step and sort of work their way towards something they're doing um the biggest thing i well for each person it is different but i guess break it down in simpler steps um let their mind sort of feel they can do it and just build confidence constantly, you know, enforce, enforce that confidence in them, tell them they they believe it, show them you're there, sort of support them. I like, if I'm doing a, I am doing I do not know if you know what a skin the cat is or some exercise on a bar, but you sort of support them. I I grab their back and sort of like show them that I'm there the whole time. I have as much uh, contact as possible to show them that if anything happens, I'm right there to catch them and just build up that confidence slowly. And yeah, for each person it is different. So it's hard to answer, give you a specific question each person does respond a lot differently to that.
0: Well, I mean like you're speaking to the quality of your communication and like just being able yeah. to like treat each person as a different person. Like if you just had one answer exactly. and you're like, yeah. yeah, man, I got this quote from the rock and I say this one quote from the rock every <laughs> single time. Like, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That, so, yeah then
1: that wouldn't work. There's no way.
0: Oh, absolutely. Like um, my next, my next question for you is how do you have so yeah. much energy? Like, what is it? Do you drink coffee? Do you get lots of sleep? What's, what's your secret? So right now, I'm really tired.
1: I've been up since about, what day is it? Thursday, about 3.30, 3.45. So I've been up all day. I had one coffee. Um, I don't know. I, just, I don't really feel that much energy. As far as energy goes, um, I don't think my energy level is extremely high as far as like just basic energy goes. Um, I try to just eat good, eat a lot of food, um, and just drink one coffee a day. Nothing too excessive.
0: From the outside in it looks like a lot of energy so that's that's a good thing to have mm-hmm. for someone who makes their living off of essentially energizing others right. in the world in the last week what is the thing that yeah. brought you the most joy in the last seven days the most
1: joy uh the last seven days i'd say honestly my girlfriend it's like she's been she's been there for me she's been really supportive. Um, she's like cooked me dinner and stuff she's she's uh, giving me the most joy in the last seven days is she's really really supportive really motivating i'm dealing with a lot of family health issues right now she's helping me through all that as well so um i'd say that i'd say like my girlfriend just and just people around me just like really good positive people around me my clients that are really supportive and just overall just everyone around me
0: that's that's a good uh summary like it's important to have good people around us because it kind of helps us thrive it helps us to be happy how did you cross paths with your girlfriend
1: um okay we met through well we actually met through it's two things we met through a dating app but then i saw her on the app but we followed each other on instagram um so that well actually she followed me and i didn't follow her until we met and then we started following each other um yeah we just connected on uh, on an app and we just met person and everything the rest is history it just it just clicked like instant click she's also a personal trainer kinesiologist so she understands the long days and she understands the clientele and just like the situation and everything. Because some people don't understand uh, what we do, right? Like my, my parents still think I work out with my clients. Like they, they don't understand that I actually train them and coach them. They think I actually work out with them. So some people don't really get it as trainers, right? So it's, it's good to have someone that's in the same industry that we can really relate and talk about, you know, form and technique and break down, get, get ideas from each other. And really help growth um, on the sort of work side and the, the sort of health side as well, too
0: it's so true like then you don't have to like reinvent the wheel like everything's working you're both in the same rhythm and you can support each other in your own like crazy weird exactly. messed up schedule so if somebody wants to learn more about you where do they go What what's the best place to go to learn more about you
1: we do have a uh, it's www it's it's a little outdated, um, but there is some information on there as well as social media like Instagram uh, at Adair Trainer or I have a Facebook page Don um, Adair Facebook or you can type in at Adair Trainer on Facebook. So that's a there's a few different ways to learn. I'm also Google. You can Google my name. There's some old skating videos of me on there and uh, stuff like that as well.
0: Awesome. And then if you could give one piece of advice on how to live your life to the fullest in the most authentic way. What would that piece of advice be?
1: I think to live your life to the fullest, I'd say just do something, do something you enjoy. You know what I mean? Like, honestly, if, if it comes down to work and, and, and life, just do something you enjoy to do. Don't care what the, those uh, sort of feelings of people um, thinking about you or talking down to you, hold you back from what you truly want to do. Like that's the biggest thing is people are always worried about what other people think who cares, dude, just be you, you know, do yourself. If you're doing something that you don't enjoy and you're doing that for the whole life, you're pretty much giving your life away, right? Um, so, And definitely travel. Traveling like, traveling's the biggest thing, I think, as far as building experiences. Skip the materialistic shit, or I don't know if I can swear on it. No, you're good. <laughs> stuff. Um, focus on building yourself and helping people around you, right? That, that's the biggest thing, I, I'd say.
0: That's awesome. I'm going to make sure that you are free to get back to your client on time. I'd like to thank you for joining me. Thank you very much for having me, man. This has been awesome yeah you bet thank you again for listening and supporting the lifestyle chase i know that there was a lot of cutting out while uh sean was talking about where you can find him so i just wanted to make sure that that's in here because he's a super cool dude he's doing some really unique things in the industry that make him different than your average trainer um and he can do flips like, what's not cool about doing flips? Even though he was just practicing them today, it still counts. So you can find him, if you don't already follow him, you can find him on Instagram at dare trainer. And honestly, Instagram is one of the easiest ways to just find people because it branches out from there. You can usually find their website from there. As he said, give him a Google. You'll probably find some stuff about him. Um, the other thing is... If you enjoyed this episode, please share it on social media. Give me a tag. Uh, You can tag the lifestyle chase. Um, You can definitely tag Sean because he deserves to get a share. And yeah, just share it with a friend. Share it with your dog. Share it with your cat. Listen to it on the, the commute to work, wherever you are. If you're stuck in a blizzard, this is the episode to listen to. He's a cool dude, and I hope you enjoyed. Thanks for supporting the lifestyle chase. Catch you next time.